Hi everyone, this is Saud Masood. Welcome to episode 5 of the Saud Masood podcast, where we share, learn, and grow together. Today I'd like to talk to you about building habits that stick, developing routines that help you achieve your goals in life, sustainable, maintainable, doable routines. Because who we really are is based on our habits. There's a famous quote by John Dryden. He's a poet. He said that we first make our habits, then our habits make us. Who we are are, is a direct or an indirect result of our routines. We represent our habits in so many ways. What we eat, who we hang out with, where we spend our time, our money. Do we exercise? We don't exercise. All of that combines to create the person that we are. So if we want to improve that person, we have to improve our habits. But it's easier said than done. I've struggled with bad and counterproductive habits all my life, and I still do. Some habits I've been able to overcome, others have reemerged, and I think this is going to be a lifelong battle. I've experimented with advice on habits um, anywhere from 40 to 60 days of repeating an action and expecting it to turn into a habit. It did not work for me. The reason is because I believe the habit is more of a lifestyle rather than something that you sort of pay for for a month or two months and it automatically becomes part of you for the rest of your life. It just doesn't work for me like that. So I recently read a little bit um, of this book called Atomic Habits by James Clear. I found it quite interesting. A lot of the content that he talks about, and I've listened to several of his interviews, it really connected with that. It really resonated with me. I've also gone to his blog, jamesclear.com. Go check it out. And uh, I've only read one chapter of the book, and I look forward to reading more of it. But I think some of the advice that I'm going to share with you in this episode, I'm going to share with you eight tips. That advice is going to be interlaced with some of the advice that James Clear has shared with us in his book, Atomic Habits. So with that, let me get to the point and kick off with the first tip, which is have awareness. We're all different. And our habits are a function of the personality that we have and the environment we are in. For instance, I'm the kind of person I like to mix things up. I get bored easily. So when I say I want to create a habit of exercising, what I mean is that at times I'm going to be running, at times I'm going to be swimming, then I'm going to be playing tennis, going to the gym, playing cricket. I want to mix things up. I cannot identify exercising as getting on a treadmill and running for an hour straight for the rest of my life. I just can't do that. So that's just my temperament, my personality, and whatever habit I form, I have to factor my personality into that habit. Similarly, when you think about the environment, you have to factor in who you surround with or what you're surrounded with. Meaning, you look, you could be the average of the five people that are around you. If you are around Go-getters, you most likely will have strong, positive habits. If you're around people who procrastinate a lot, um, who don't take responsibility a lot, then most likely you're going to end up having the same negative habits as well. At the same time, if you are a deep thinker and you want to, let's say, write a book, you cannot afford to be in an environment that is noisy and distracting. So have this clarity up front that awareness is everything. You start with awareness, who you are and what's around you and who surrounds you. Number two, 
design better systems. This makes a lot of sense because we spend so much time thinking about willpower and using our willpower to get the habit done. It doesn't really work that way. You've got to create an environment, an ecosystem that different things come together to make that habit a success on a daily basis. For instance, my son wanted to start reading Harry Potter books. That was his thing. But he was struggling. He would read a few pages and he would stop and then he would read again and he would stop. And after a few months, it got to a point that I had to step in and I said, okay, listen, here's what we're going to do. We're going to set a target for you. In addition to the Harry Potter books, you're going to have all these other books that, that are sitting on your library and you haven't touched them for a while. What we're going to do is we're going to use the Goodreads app. It's on the mobile phones as well and you can go online as well. In Goodreads, you're going to put in the book that you're reading. Every week, you're going to finish one book. So it's one book per week. You will finish the book. You will rate the book. You will review the book. And then when you and I are together, we're going to for some activity, some hiking or tennis or whatever, at that time, we're going to discuss the book. This was a system. This is like a mini system. He was accountable. He knew what he had to do. He was seeing his progress with every book he was uh, reading. He was 20% done, 60% done, 100% done. There was a motivation. There was clearly a purpose to whatever he was doing. And it worked really well. So create a system that helps you account for all of that. I think James Clear goes into a lot of detail on designing better systems, but I'm going to leave that to another episode where I, when I deep dive into the book, then I'll be able to share my views uh, in more detail. But the point is, don't think about using your willpower. Think about using a system to get the habits done. Number three is compounding effect. So think of habits like money. As your money accrues interest, it grows exponentially. So let's say you've got $100 today and you're accruing 7% interest on those $100. In 10 years, those $100 are going to be $200. So you will double your money in 10 years' time. Habits are very similar to that because little by little, they add up and they create an impact later down the line, not earlier on. So if you are exercising 20 minutes daily, eating right, sleeping well, you're not going to lose weight and look fantastic in, in a week's time. But if you keep doing this for months and months and months, maybe years, you will get to where you need to be. So one thing that James Clear mentioned in his book that I want to share with you is that he says, if you get 1% better daily, you become 37 times better at the end of the year. So if you keep improving whatever you're doing by 1%, whether you walk 1% more in terms of distance or you up the intensity of your exercise by 1% more, over the year, and you do this daily, over the year, you improve that performance by 37 times. It's close to 38 times if you round it up, but 37, 38 times. And if you go 1% less every day, you virtually take whatever you're doing down to zero. So this is good news because you can actually improve the habits that you want and reduce the habits that you don't want. Which takes me to my fourth point, which is ease into the habits when you're starting out. When you think about walking, so practically, what does that mean? My suggestion is go for only 15 minutes. Same thing for exercise. Keep it something that is simple, doable, digestible. So when I was dealing with my son's video game problem, because I call it a problem because he was spending way too much time on video games, 
Um, we were able to bring it down to one hour daily, but it was still struggling. So I decided to phase him out um, from one hour to 45 minutes. And it took me a couple of weeks to get there, then from 45 minutes to 30 minutes and another couple of weeks. So in a month's time, we were down from one hour to 30 minutes of video gameplay. But I was replacing those 30 minutes with book reading. So he knew he had another task. And then when I took him down to 15 minutes of video games, he kind of just threw his hand, hands up and he said, like, you got to be kidding me. Nobody plays video games for 15 minutes. So he eventually kind of gave that all up. And now he only plays video games like once, once a week for an hour or so. And that's it. But the idea is, is to phase these habits out. The bad ones out, the good ones in. Number five is make it easier for the good habits and harder for the bad habits. So for instance, if I were to say, what is a, a bad habit of mine, which is, you know, I, I'm constantly checking the phone, even late night, like two in the morning, if there's a notification, I'm getting up and looking at it. And it's extremely counterproductive and disruptive for me because it messes up my day, the, the, the following day. So what I decided to do was that I put my phone facing down and keep it at arm's length, out, out of arm's length. So not to my, on my bedside table, but on the table across the room. Similarly, I had a bad habit of forgetting my charging cables for my phone. So my phone's battery would be dying and I would be looking for a charging cable and it was just a, it was just too much of a hassle at the worst possible time. So what I decided doing was, I said, I'm gonna have redundancy. I would have one charging cable in my bag, one in my room and one in my car. And since that day, I've never had any issues with not being able to charge my phone properly. It's been like three years now, but now it's, it's such a small, simple thing, but it has helped me to, you know, kind of freeze my mind up as well. It's just too much anxiety for something so small. So think about that. Number six, I would say is develop keystone habits. This is what James Clear calls the habits that ripple into other good habits. And this is very, very important. Um, he gives an example in one of his talks where he talks about exercising as a keystone habit. And this is something that absolutely worked for me because I was struggling to sleep on time, I was struggling to eat well, and I was struggling with low energy. These were the three things I was struggling with. The fourth one was obviously not being able to get the right uh, exercise schedule down. But what I did was I focused on exercise. I said, I'm gonna do one hour of exercise daily and whether it's tennis or hiking or running or whatever. And what happened was the side effect, the ripple effect was so positive that I was so tired I would go to sleep on time, I would sleep well, I started eating better, and I had a lot more energy the next day. One good habit led to other good habits. Develop keystone habits like this. Number seven, tie two habits together when you can. For instance, I like listening to audiobooks and podcasts. But instead of spending an hour on audiobooks and then an hour of exercise, I combine the two. So if I would go for a walk or a jog, I would put on an audiobook or, or a podcast and, and kind of kill two birds with one stone, if you will. Also, when I'm, when I'm doing sort of light walk, I take on a lot of calls, the regular calls, the callbacks, um, not with clients, but really with other team members or you know just friends and families so I can just catch up with everybody during my walk time. So, you know, this is just something to think about how you can be more efficient with your time and tie in a couple of habits uh, nicely and neatly. The last one I'm going to leave you with is 
to catch yourself from making excuses. This is the eighth tip I'm going to give you. And this is important because excuses easily justify killing habits. Easily. I've been there. It's too cold. It's too hot. I can't go for a walk. I can't exercise. Uh, I can't go to the gym. It's too far. Uh, I can't write this article. It's too late, etc., etc., etc. I've also heard those excuses that, well, you know, if, if I don't do this today, it's not going to make that much of a difference. And probably that's true. But naturally, or at least in my, my tendency was to keep repeating that same excuse again and again to a point where I completely phased out of my good habits. And this is something that I think most of us deal with. We also sometimes pretend that something else has now become far more important, which again is the sort of the justification of why I'm giving up this habit temporarily. Um, for instance, like, you know, my students, you know, they would say, I'm not exercising because exams are around the corner. If I work out, I'm going to be too tired. I just won't be able to study long enough. So I just give up exercising for a month. As a matter of fact, if you're exercising, there's research that actually tells you you retain more, you're able to perform better. So if anything else, you should be more focused on your physical activity during periods where you need to cognitively perform better. And with this, we can wrap up this episode now. Hopefully these eight tips were helpful. I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. And I would welcome any feedback and uh, encourage you to share, learn, and grow together. Thank you very much again and see you next time. Bye.